0: Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. This is a great interview I did not so long ago with Brian Keane. Brian is the author of the best-selling book, The Fitness Mindset. He's got a large following across all social media channels. He's one of the most enlightened individuals that I know, and he's one of the most listened-to podcasters in Ireland. In this episode, we're going to talk to him about pivoting from his job as a teacher through to setting up his own fitness business. Uh, We're going to be talking about following internal compasses, building a company online this is certainly a podcast you can listen to and learn a few things from Brian thanks a lot for coming on the show mate um, let's give it a quick recap about how we first met um, over in Amsterdam at the Tony Robbins business mastery event uh, we' both there we look we, we met there we both learned a lot good um, catch up and then it's great to have you over in Dubai so but tell the guys a little bit about yourself um uh, well, well let's let's chat
1: amazing um thanks so much for having me on yeah um it seems like a lifetime ago now because since signed up to the marathon de sabla in, in morocco the 256 yeah. kilometer race through the sahara desert Off your recommendations. So, yeah, yeah, so just to give a little bit of background for anyone that doesn't know about me, um, I'm from Ireland originally. Um, I have a fitness business that's all online at the minute, Um, but my story's a little bit different in terms of how I got started. I was a primary school teacher. Um, That was my background. I did that for four years. I lived in London working full-time as a teacher and working as a teacher. Um, And basically, about two years into it, I hated what I was doing. I was literally living that rat race of nine to... It was eight to five, eight to six in, in primary schools in London And um, by the time you get your paperwork done. Um, living for Fridays, going out at the weekend, getting absolutely trashed, trying to numb out from the thought of going back to work on Monday, getting yeah. Sunday blues, and then going back to work on Monday morning. Um, so about six or seven years ago, I started a fitness business on the side. So... I effectively came home one Christmas back to Ireland from London and um, was telling my mum, who's the closest person in my life, she's uh, supported everything that I've ever done and told her I hated my job. I was like, I absolutely hate teaching. And which it's, it's just funny because... I loved the kids and loved, but I hated the paperwork, hated the nine to five. Um, And she signed me up to a fitness instructor course. So I went back to London, did a fitness instructor course and literally was like, this is what I want to do. Okay. You know, I was like, this is the thing I would do for free. One of the, people are one of the things I regularly tell people that I work with or that follow my social media channels or on my podcast is well, ask yourself, what would you do for free? Yep. Um, and I, for the first time ever, had found the thing I would do for free. So I went on and got a personal training certificate, did that while I was teaching full-time um, and then basically set up a business on the side. So for two years, I did primary school teaching during the day and side hustled the personal training business in the evening. Um, and then eventually, made the switch, moved back to Ireland, set it up full-time, mm-hmm. um, moved everything online the last couple of years, and now that's basically what I do.
0: Right. It's incredible story. How long, did it, how long are you actually studying for before you actually got into the into the workplace? Because you know, two years in isn't a, isn't a huge amount of time for something you've actually been you know, studying and pushing yourself forward because you, you'd have thought you'd have known what the end result was going to be before you got there if, you, if, you're, if you're going in that sort of path and direction. So it's very self-aware of you. Obviously, you know, obviously a, um, Uh, real realisation happen for you quite quickly in terms of them just saying you know what I've worked for this I'm here now and it's not actually what I want and let's pivot and a lot of people and the difference is there a lot of people will just stay there because they think that's what they wanted, and now that they're there, they're just like, "This is life." You know, I'm stuck in this rat race. All my, all my peers are in the same space. This is how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to live for the weekends, and that's when the fun's supposed to be. The fun is supposed to be on the summer holidays. Like, we're not supposed to enjoy work as much as you know potentially can do if you really start to kind of open your mind up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's awesome to see what you what you've actually achieved when you've gone and done that.
1: It's funny because uh, I lived by the premise which was very very lack of self-awareness at the time of I'll be happy when so yeah. when I am my undergraduate degree I have a business degree. As my undergraduate and then I did a postgraduate as a teacher for a year um, and then I went working full-time as a teacher mm. and I consistently was told time and time again from family members friends going to teaching it's a good job good holidays good pay Particularly in Ireland, it's a very good job um, because the pay is higher, the hours are shorter, the summer holidays are longer. So people are like, good job, go into that, um, follow the safe path, you know, and... I kind of listened to that story and it became my story where I was like, okay, well, I'll be happy when I'm a teacher. I'll be happy when I have a full time job destination. Oh, that's it. I live by the Buddha quote that if you can't be happy on the journey, how are you going to be happy at the destination? But I didn't do it at the time. Um, at the time I wasn't happy on the journey. I didn't really love studying to be a teacher. Um, even though I loved work with my kids and I loved that element Mm. and I still do a little bit of work with kids and, and, but it's in a different capacity now. And, I was constantly telling myself, I'll be happy when I'm at the destination. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's a metaphor for everything in life, your, your business, your relationships, your job, whatever it is you do, um, your fitness, that's my area of expertise in terms of what I do. And if you can't be happy on the journey, you're not gonna be happy at the destination. I got to the destination. And I remember about a week into my first teaching job, I remember I got hired in a school, in a really good school in West London. And I was like, oh my God, yes. I was like, I've got it now. (laughs) I've made it. I've arrived. I'm here. And a week in, I was like, oh my God, I hate this. Um, And it was was just a crazy feeling of lostness. And I felt like I was just drifting on a cloud in a negative way for probably about six months because... I was like, I, this is what I thought I wanted. Shell shocked. Shell shocked. Like, yeah, what, what do we do next? What? And, and it's funny because they, they say your mess becomes your message. And for me, anytime I talk to people, I'll regularly say, "Okay, well, are you happy? Is, is the process? Are you enjoying the process?" We yeah. spoke about this before. Yeah. We went on, I went on air when I was doing a vlog, and I was like, "Didn't love the process." Mm. You know, I was like, "I don't love doing the daily vlogs." I was like, "I love the podcast. I love writing books. I love m- doing my social media. Love the process mm. and the destination. Whatever comes from that." Is I'm like amazing. I'm so happy that that this is what I have, and you know I've been fortunate enough to build. But it all comes down to process. But yeah. that mess became my message because I, I my entire life now I base it off. Well, if I'm not happy on this journey, I'm not happy in the process. I change it because for so long I thought I'd be happy when I got my full time mm. teaching job, um, and then it was just a transition over. And then when as soon as I did my first fitness instructor course, it was like the basic level two. I was like, oh my god. I was like. Fitness. like That's what I've done all my life. It's what I'd love to do. I could have told you at 18, 19 years of age that I wanted to GEA, which is the national sport in Ireland, is like a combination between, um, you know, it's like Aussie rules, like a combination between American football, basketball, um, and soccer. It's like a combination. And I could have told you at 18, 19, I wanted to work in that space. I was like, I want to work with those players and I want to be in that space and I want to have something to do with fitness. I could have told you that because I loved it. Mm. But I let society i let my family i let my you didn't friends listen to your own story no i didn't listen to my internal compass yeah. my internal compass was pointing in that direction and i went the other way because everyone told me i should and it, i'm very fortunate for that experience because now i base everything off my internal compass or my inner circle of five people yep. what do they think their opinions matter everything else i i listen to myself and and then base the decision of what i do on that um and i'd offer that advice to anybody in any area of business
0: it's look it's 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 very relevant advice in, in this day and age as well. We see a lot of people, and I, I see it through friends, I see, even see it through some family members making decisions based on what they what they believe their peers want them to do, what they believe their family members want to, want them to do. And they end up making negative decisions rather than positive decisions. Yeah. Um, and it always plays out, unfortunately, in a negative way somewhere down the line, whether that's, you know, it only took two years for you, that's you know, over a lifetime period, that's a pretty good time span. Some people are... 5 10 15 years in until they just realize that I just can't do this anymore. And yeah. um, but you know if they if they let it go on for too long and they're going down a certain career path or direction and they get 15 years down the line now the problem they've got is do they start from the beginning again in a different industry? You no know, if you're 2 years in that's nothing it's basically an apprenticeship right? Yeah. So you can make that shift quite quickly. Um but you no know, it's 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 about having that uh, it, no it's about having that self-awareness and then just understanding that it's actually okay to 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 follow your internal compass as, as you were saying and and go against sometimes go against the grain but also go against uh, what the opinion might be of let's say a, you know a mother figure or a father figure and, and sometimes that can be you know that can be one of the most daunting things for 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 kids and and you know and for and for young adults i was doing a talk at um, a graduation ceremony at chimera college one of the uh, um, prominent uh, schools here i was doing that and i was talking to the the kids as they were graduating about to go towards university and you know, these kids were f- uh, far and away more educated than me. I was looking through, <laughs> I was looking through the uh, the booklet that they printed out. These guys are going to Oxford and Cambridge and stuff and like some you know, real, real smart kids like MIT, yeah. um, just all sorts of stuff. I was like, I was like, shit. Okay, <laughs> now, what, what am I going to tell these guys? Um, certainly not on the uh, the intelligence front. But I, uh, I I thought, well, look, I do have a bit of life experience in comparison to these kids. Let's have a chat to them about that. And it's an opportunity to a room full of parents who are all. Obviously, I mean, there's there's all that internal politics between yeah. parents as well. My kids go into this uni, yeah. and this uni, and they, they push themselves down those sort of um, they push themse- push the kids rather down the certain channels that they want that they would might have wanted to do themselves type of thing. And so yeah. they end up kind of really um, influencing those decisions, and not necessarily in such a positive way. Yeah. Yes, their their heart is in the right place, and they want their kids to go into X, Y, and Z. But um, but sometimes they can be so influential that the kids then trapped because they're thinking, shit. This is what my mum and dad yeah. have put their, their heart and soul into wanting me to do this, and they've paid all this money to, for me to go in this direction. But it's just not me. Um, so the conversation I had with the, with with them was, was half directed at the parents as well. The second half of the talk was yeah. just saying, look, like the best thing you can do is just in this day in, in this day of um, this age rather of just like massive technolo- technological change where. Everything's getting disrupted. Every industry is getting disrupted. I said, like, if you name the, the, the majority of the positions and job roles and titles that you might potentially want your kid to have, 80% of them are probably not gonna be there by the time they actually get to those positions. Yeah. Um, you know, they, the, the whole world is changing, so you can't predict what industry your kids are gonna be in. So just kind of like follow your internal compass, but as parents, allow them to make those decisions without feeling guilty that they're letting you down because they'll end up making a decision that was completely wrong. Um, so it's, you know, it's, super yeah super relevant and really interesting to, to see the path that you that you followed and then completely pivoted and, and been massively massively successful since so let's let's get into that a bit because that's um I think what the listeners of this show would be certainly interested about um let's talk through your social following let's talk through what you've done um, in that space the online business that you've built you now how you how you're sort of creating your own digital ecosystem there and how you're very smartly through your new book that's come out and through your podcast which is just going through the roof and your social channels which are on fire Uh, how are you how are you fueling all of that and how did it start from you going okay right i'm going to become a personal trainer and go into the fitness space and from that to where you are now what did that journey look like
1: so basically just to give you a bit of a rundown for anyone listening that's not familiar with anything that i do um my I'm on all the social media channels. Um, Pretty much, I'm on all of them. Like, yeah. you know, WeChat in China yet? Yeah, that's the next <laughs> one on the list. I'm adding that. Um, so Instagram again, followers we're we're in around that seventy between seventy and eighty thousand on Instagram, Facebook, yeah. um, Snapchat up you know around that fifteen sixteen thousand mark. Uh, podcast nearly had a million downloads. Um, book is so bestseller a million, eight weeks bestseller on Amazon. A yeah, it's it's been like, that's crazy. Nice. And
0: 130 shows. Yeah, it's, that.
1: it's been amazing. Um, I podcast, one of my favorite things that I'm doing at the minute. I absolutely love it. Um, and again, that in the book, the, the book hit the bestseller eight eight weeks on the bestseller list at Amazon. Bestseller in the bookstores in Ireland. Incredible. Um, Incredible. Yeah, it's done really really well. I've been so fortunate and grateful for all of it. But basically, how it started was I when I moved back to Ireland originally. I was working in London doing the two jobs where I was doing a primary school teaching during the day and I was doing personal training with clients in the evening in the parks actually because I couldn't afford a gym because my teaching wage wasn't that high in London and obviously sure. the cost of living in London and I figured that I was never going to be able to make the switch into fitness full-time living in London. Um, again, that was a story I told myself at the time, but that was my belief system at the time. Um, so I moved back home and I started from scratch completely, um, probably my daughter is two and a half years so. About four years ago, I moved okay. back home, started from scratch, moved back in my mum and dad. Were you still teaching at that point? Uh, I quit. I left teaching. Okay. So you just put two feet in. I'm going to make this work. I made I Completely made the jump. I uh, got massive support from my mum who was like, "Yeah, go make it work." Uh, a
0: qu- Question on that because that that's something that could be relevant to people that are listening now that have got a job, they're not massively happy in terms of what they do. They're thinking about, or they've started a side hustle, which is where you started from. Yeah. Now, there's two ways to approach this. One is, okay, if you've got that support structure, family, etc., that you might be able to just go, you know what, fuck it, quit the job. Yeah. Let's go two feet in and I'm just gonna make this work. Yeah. That's one route. Um, the other route is, as we mentioned earlier, about building that side hustle up to the point where, you know what, I can make the move across and I can quit my job now. So from someone that's gone through that process, well, how how is your mindset, because it's, it's certainly changed, because you know, we, yeah. we speak a lot and I, and I start to understand the way that you think now, and I'm sure it was very different back then. So how how did your sort of mindset change through that process?
1: My thought process was, when I moved back to Ireland first, um, I moved back into my mum and dad, I got my sister's little 2000 Toyota Yaris, so I was able to get from A to B, and I started subbing when I went home, so um, supply teaching, going into schools, and my thought process was, I started taking clients in a gym yeah. and I always had this and this is the advice I offer to anyone that's doing a side hustle. When your side hustle is making the same or more money than your full-time job is making, yeah. then quit and yeah. jump in full-time. Okay. Uh, it took me a...
0: It sounded, it sounded like you almost flipped the hustle the other way around that you were doing fitness yep. full-time that and w- almost side-hustling on your fitness business.
1: That's exactly what I did. So with, with teaching. Yep. So you just, you, it just you flipped. flipped it. Literally just flipped it completely. It, My, it was... Okay. yeah, well, It's not
0: relevant in every, in every industry, but it, if, if there's the ability to freelance in the yep. space that your job is, because let's say if someone's 10 years into their career, yeah. but they're still like, shit, I need to make a move, they could potentially... Following on from from your your uh, your lesson there, they could potentially say, "Okay, well, I could freelance in my existing space to keep some money coming in, yeah. whilst I build my passion up." Yeah, that could be an option.
1: Yeah, it's um yeah, and I am for the advice on both sides because the truth is, by the time I left Lon- London. About two years in, I was making about the same personal training as I was teaching. Okay. So realistically, I could have left teaching there and stayed in right. London. I just wouldn't have been able to probably grow as quickly as I wanted. Sure. So that's why I moved back.
0: Just reduce cost base.
1: I could. I could. That was that. That was the idea. Um, yeah. And I also had no plan to stay in the UK long term. Okay. Um. It, it was never the end goal. Okay. Um. So I moved back, and then as you said, I flipped it, um, and then freelanced out the other side. So. The advice I offer to people in a similar scenario is is do one or the other side hustle until you're equal or making more in your side hustle and then quit your full time job um, or freelance out the other side when you come back. If you if you have that option, Um, I think I live by the adage that if you make decisions based on money, you make bad decisions. So I think to quit your job because you hate it. Without having built up your side hustle leads you to making bad decisions you know and yeah. I think a lot of people will quit then because you're taking on you know clients or jobs or whatever it is that realistically aren't in alignment with who you are and how you can best serve them sure. um, and as a result you can't grow if you're
0: just trying to survive then it's a completely different mindset because you'll do what you need to do to to earn some cash yeah and it's the same with you know from from our perspective you know we started started this business, what, eight years ago now? And you know, the first year, you're just trying to survive. Yeah. Like it's literally, as we spoke about earlier, like the amateur tennis player. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about winning. It's about literally... Not, don't lose. Do, yeah, don't <laughs> lose. So the first year is just make sure you can pay your bills. Yeah. You know, you think about growth, but it's very far away. Yeah. And you literally just try and survive. And then you get to that point, whether that be a year, two years, three years in, where you're like, this is actually fairly stable now. Yeah. Now I can start making some strategic decisions. Yeah. And it comes down even right the way... You, from building up a company, all the way through to uh, a, a one-man show. Yeah. But it's like once you've got that sort of revenue coming in, then you can start to sit back and go, right. I've got some money coming in now. Let's sort of make some strategic decisions. Yeah. And in terms of where to grow, and obviously, you know, let's dig into that because you've you made some, some very bold decisions pretty early on in terms of where you wanted to take your fitness business. Because it's you know, we all know a thousand personal trainers that are doing a great job one to one. But yeah. You know, as I have conversations with some of these guys and some of them are really close mates of mine. Um, it's limited, you know, yeah. there's only a certain number of hours in the day yeah. and they charge X amount and, and that's capped by the market rate. Yeah. Um, so what can they do next? It has to go online. Yeah. Um, they have to be able to leverage and scale. Yeah. So that's what you've done very successfully. So let's, let's have a bit of a chat about that. And how did it start off from, you've got your online programs, You've got your social media channels which from uh, my perspective you kind of use that as a net to sort of bring, yeah. bring people in yeah um, engage with you they kind of understand your sort of thought processes and then you bring them across and, and you you sell them in certain products that you have yeah um so what came first uh and and how have you managed to grow that so successfully over four years
1: so what i did was when i started first i moved back obviously to ireland and i started taking on people one-to-one after about six months i was doing that full-time um and what I did first, just to give you a little bit of a sidetrack to probably why it led from A to B, was one of the things other trainers weren't doing at the time was, and was so very obvious to me, was when I was taking on my clients, I was taking control of everything. I was like, right, right here's your nutritional plan. Here's your training that you're doing on the days that you're not with me. Here's what we're doing the days you're with me, and it's going to be different every session. Okay. And then you know, I would check in and keep an eye on them. And I basically was like, right, leave your brain at the door. Go live your life be with your family and kids, be with your job, I'll do your fitness thinking. So I did that with all the people I was working with and as a result, I started getting so many referrals Um, and then a couple of before and afters and then a couple of testimonies. Just doing a better job, basically. Yeah, I was doing a better job for the same price. Um, You know, like, and that was... Basically, how I started, and what happened was I built up a waiting list. Okay. I, I literally couldn't leverage my time. Okay. Um, I and I also kept up on my prices, um, and I still had a waiting list.
0: How long did that take to get to that point?
1: Um, less than nine months, okay. yeah. So, I had a waiting list uh, about say about a 12, at about 12 months. I had maxed out the price of what, what I could get in that area. I was yeah. double the price of every other trainer in the gym. Wow. Um, and then I brought in a second a trainer under me, he was a coach. Okay. Um, and what I did was I l- instead of giving away my waiting list to other trainers which is yeah. what i was doing i said right you can come under my umbrella yeah. and i gave the waiting list to my coach and then we split it
0: when did it twig because i can see that there was probably something that a light bulb went on and you're like Shit, I, I read can build a, i can build a business out of this that's what happened went from being like a, a one-to-one personal trainer to be like do I give, and a lot of people will be thinking, okay, I'll give you my clients and that could be a my I scratch you about you scratch mine scenario, yeah. or it could be like, I'll take 20% cuts or something like that. Yeah. But then for you to say, okay, well, oh, hold on a second. You're basically employing somebody underneath you, yeah. which automatically makes you a business and yeah. you're building up your, even if it's your name, it's a, it's that brand. So how, when did that light bulb go off?
1: It it happened a combination of reading the Robert Kiyosaki books, like I've read all the rich, rich dad, dad, poor dads. I've read all of them. Okay. I think there's like eight of them. I've read them all. And
0: every kid in, in the world should read those books. 100%. It like, like, changes your mindset like understanding money.
1: Oh, my God. It was, it was me. That was the first time I'd ever heard of somebody talking about leveraging other, other people's time sure. um, for your yeah. obviously your gain. And what was happening was there was times when I was overlapping with my trainer in the gym where I'd have a client and he had a client and I was like I just made money from what he did Yeah. and then I started pulling myself away from it and I'm like I'm still making money and I don't even have to be in the gym because yeah. he was coming in um, I can't remember our fee we were charging it was less than mine because it was obviously more expensive to work with me sure. but we were splitting the 50-50 wow, so okay. we were making That's whatever a good deal. yeah it worked, re- it worked really well for both of us he was working full time in a bookies yeah. um, had all these certs and training and just yeah. couldn't didn't know anything about business was a great trainer yeah. just knew nothing about business I was like alright I'll take care of that Okay. I was like, I got you covered. Just provide a great service. Yep. And I brought him under me, and I was like, right, I want you to train them exactly how I'm training them. This is how you provide the service. This is how you stay in contact. This is how you keep the intensity high. Yep. This is how you chat in between. You know, yep. this is, you check up on them and check in with them. Okay. And he did all of that. His
0: process managed
1: everything. A hundred percent. I basically yep. just carbon copied what I was doing, yep. replicated it, and gave it to him. Okay. Um, and then instead of me taking on new clients, yep. I finished out my blocks with the ones I had. And the ones that wanted to continue, I put them with him. Paul is his name, I put them with him. And then I started to pull back and and had enough uh, rope that I could start to build an online business and it didn't matter if it took off straight away. Mm. Because I had an income. So, and that's what I did. And what happened to me was I had a mentor in California Mm -hmm. who was all her business was online and she was telling me a lot about her model. Um, And I came back and was...
0: How did you find that mentor in
1: California? She, one of my best mates, was married to her. They've since got divorced, so we're not not in uh, contact as much anymore. But... That's how that happened again. It was it was okay. it was a luck thing. Um, she was in the health space in California. She lives yeah. in Orange County. Amazing person, genius businesswoman. Okay. Um, you know, was turning over seven figures with you know all commission based on. She had no employees. Wow. um, Just worked off the commission, and she basically yeah. would just turn on the tap on JVs joint okay. ventures, and money would come in. Um, she was a genius. She okay. is a genius. But I started to realize it was funny. I was out with for dinner with a friend last night, and she made me realize that the world wasn't necessarily the way I saw it because I thought there was a certain way of doing things yeah. and this is the way business works, this is the way everything worked. Yeah. And she was literally traveling around the world Earning over a million every year, doing yeah. a couple of hours on, you know, WhatsApp a week and that's that was it. And that's not
0: what we're taught as kids. It, that's if you earn big money, you've got to be putting big hours but in. But that's fun. and that's yeah. what I
1: thought, you yeah. know? Which is true. In the beginning you do. Like I grinded like crazy yeah. for you, you,
0: you can't you can't sidestep that enough. Yeah. So she she put herself into the it, floor. Up front. W- up front, exactly. Yeah. But put the work in up front
1: and make money on the back end. And work and on the front end. end. Yeah. Yeah, a
0: hundred percent. Who is it? It's the is it Steve Jobs' quote about uh, once, you, uh, once you realize that the world is, is created by people no smarter than yourself and you've got the ability to change it, then <gasps> nothing will ever be the same again. Yeah. And once you have that realization that you can, I, rem- I remember the first, the first in, well, we're in Dubai, so the first Durham um, yeah. that, that ever came into the business. I, I literally drove home with a check in the car and I looked at it, it was a very small amount, but I was like, I did something. And someone paid me for it. Yeah. And I looked at this. And I was like this. It was just such a tangible concept. I know that sounds yeah. really simplistic and kind of dumb, but it was literally holding onto a check and being like, we, I just did something as a business, like not as a consultant, because I had one guy that was working with me. And it was like this, the, the system can be scaled. Because I can keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I can do more of this. I need more of these guys. We can do more of those. And I was like, it was just that, that simplistic of like, I'm holding a check in my hand for doing something that I actually didn't do that much work for. Yeah. And then built it from there. And that was a music business um, that we started, I uh, started, wow, how long was that? Uh, 11 years ago. Wow. Um, and it was just uh, it was doing, uh, like retail radio, music inside shopping malls. Yeah. And it was the first shopping mall that had given us money to say, uh, there you go, there's the fee for, for running all the basic retail radio inside the mall. it was just it's that concept and it's just sometimes it can be so simplistic but it's just a way of looking at things yeah it's changing that reality and that sort of perception of how you process information to realize that you can actually do pretty much anything you want as long as it's legal you can just you just need to be a bit smarter in terms of how you structure it
1: well i'm going to piggyback on that and tell you my real aha moment when i for about six months i wasn't fully certain about how to go about the online when i when i made that transition out of the business um and My real aha moment came when I built up a program that I hadn't worked with any client in about six months. Um, I was building this program online, which I don't actually necessarily recommend. I I, I think the the minimum viable product, the lean startup approach is actually better. And I since have done that. But I built up this online program. um,
0: Just to to touch on that for anyone who might not be aware. So just in terms of going to market faster and if you're not embarrassed by your first...
1: Um, you you didn't launch soon enough. Product, then, yeah, then, yeah. Then you launch too late. So. That and that's it's, it's it's that I do that with everything now. I I, I test everything first and then believe, tweak it later. Even
0: Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Go, move move fast and break things. Oh, yeah. Put stuff yeah. Out, everybody like half of people complain about it, but then they get used to it and and yeah, just moving quickly and just making sure that you're not being paralyzed by perfection.
1: Yeah, which is which is where I was at that time. Um, but that again, that was what two two and a half years ago. But what I did was I. I had a decent social media following at this stage. It was, I'd only started social media when I moved back to Ireland. Okay. So I didn't have any following effectively. What
0: were you doing that people were, were, were sort of, uh, was it actual sort of, real life word of mouth that people
1: yeah that was all my initially it was all, so all the people you were training and yeah they and referrals be, and like, check this guy out yeah. and so it just started from there and then it just yeah. mushroomed that's 100% what, what happened what content
0: were you putting out on those channels that was, that was different terrible content okay. my content was
1: <laughs> muck like yeah but educational um, like funny nope, shit nope no, no, it was it was a couple of ab selfies, oh, and no, no. but but you know what? It's funny because I've since learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. I was putting up well again. It was my own projection of insecurity. I'm like, tell tell me how pretty I look, like. But it, what was happening was it was bringing in a certain type of client. It was bringing in guys who wanted to look like me. So that helped initially. Okay. Um, so that was my original social media content, but I started to change that over a period o- over the last two and a half three years, where I had this complete. Penny drop moment of, um, and I'll come back to my aha on, on what, what in terms of the online. It's very similar to yours. Yeah. Somebody paid me, but I changed my content approach because I I was pro fitness model, competed as a bodybuilder. That was my yeah. space. I was yeah. in that area, um, dealing with a lot of my own insecurities and it, things that were going on like in that world. That doesn't help. Sure. Um, and I realized I just when my daughter was born. She was born two and a half years ago. She's nearly three, oh. and you I just remember thinking, my con is not helping anybody. I was like, I'm not helping anybody here. Yeah. I was like, I'm literally telling you what I'm doing and I'm not providing any value or service to sure. anybody. Um, and I completely flipped it okay. um, to now all my... Channels yeah, are great content. Mate. It's thank you. Yeah, it's all questions off people trying to reply to as many questions as I can. I do Snapchat Q and As every day during the week, but videos, podcasts, or Q and As. You know, on Mondays, um, it changes up. So it's all service. I'm like, well, literally, you know, it's yeah. the service. The highest currency you can put, and are you can you can provide the world and. That's literally what I do now, yep. um, and I built my whole business off That's that. That's why it's, it's, it's why it's mushroomed and exploded. But to go back to my aha moment, just to give context that might help for people here that are listening, is when I was building that online program after about six months, I put it up on my social media. I built up a kind of a decent volume at this stage, probably yep. around the 20,000 mark on a couple of platforms okay. um, in total. You know, because it's smaller than it is now, but it was yep. still around a decent number at the time. Sure. Um, and I told people, right, I'm launching this online program. It's opening on Thursday at tw- or Friday at 12 p.m. You can sign up for it. 50 people. It's 97 euro or, or it was 100 euro with yep. that. It's, and you can sign up first 50 people and then it closes. I'm working okay. with fifty people in a group. So you put a call to action. I put a call to action. Put, I put urgency put and scarcity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember turning on my PayPal yeah. at twelve o'clock. By twelve oh five, there was five grand in it. And I remember thinking, Oh my God. Yeah. It my whole world from that moment changed. Yeah. Cause I was like, because I always thought you put in an hour, you get paid an hour. And then I realized put in someone else's hour, get paid an hour. And I didn't realize that you could leverage and scale Went, and again, that, by, that using the internet. by using the internet and using, yeah. and, and again, I closed it. I closed yeah. it at 50 people. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking, oh my God, because people were waiting, because yeah. I told them it was closing um, and I hadn't worked with anyone in six months. And I, I pushed that on the marketing. I was like, look, I haven't been working with people, but if you want to work with me over the next six weeks, here's what yeah. it is. And this program is going up and it went up into 147. It's now 196 around that price point, yeah. um, depending on what version. And that was the penny drop moment, like, oh my God. And that's, I built the entire business I have now off that leverage of scaling up and helping people. And again, my goal in my business, and we've only got our two programs, there's loads of, so many variations of them, um, my, my GA, which is my athlete program, and then my general fitness program, which is, you know, build yeah. muscle, lose body fat, tone up. But one of the goals that I work with me and my coaches and the people in, that I'm with and working with is mm. I want every single person that comes through that program to think they're the only person coming through it. Yeah, That's the goal, you know, and there's you know about 100 people a month coming through those programs.
0: Scaling one-to-one S- engagement. Which, well, yeah. what
1: my mentor used to tell me was she was like you, if you can scale the unscalable you'll be a millionaire yeah. and I was like I'll scale the unscalable <laughs> <laughs> like but I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll attempt to do that in my best way that I can but you know
0: it's it, it's something that we know we, we operate in a in obviously slightly different space I mean one of our clients being um one of the world's biggest coffee brands for example yeah so you know with them we you know we're talking about like up to 24 million emails a year going out uh, various markets and all the rest of it and, and everything that we do through that space and that that email communication space is trying to be as specific to that individual as possible so that when they receive that email in the same sort of mindset and the yep. same, um, same sort of uh, c- common thread, when they receive that email obviously it's personalized with their name and everything but we, uh, in terms of actually putting content in that's relevant to information that we have based on a CRM system and it's scaling that one to one if they walked into a shop and we had uh, an iPad with all the information all the shopping information, everything we knew about them and, that, and what, what that cashier or that, that um, uh, store staff would be able to Engage with them in a certain way based on all this information. Yeah. it's about trying to scale that one-to-one conversation yeah. in the online space. Let's say I mean this this example is through through email, but it's the same thing that we're trying to do through social media and yeah. and, th- and this is how well like, where kind of like big data comes from and then actually. Uh, building communications platforms and building communica- communications funnels based on that data and really sort of being smart about that and, it, and it's, it's it's to try and engage with, across multiple touch points for a brand with a consumer in a way that they feel like the brand's talking to me like A, yeah. a human being but B, like they actually know me because they should because I've already been shopping with them for two years yeah. and it, it's you know, that's the way that brands need to communicate yeah. and right the way through to you know yourself and a one-to-one which is a very personal relationship because yeah. it's literally you as a human rather than you and or, or let's say myself and a brand conversation yeah so that that um, that conversation is that much more personal and to be able to scale that is yeah, as you said I mean that's that, that's incredible and that's what people people pay for so um what sort of numbers are you up to now with the with the, with the programs where, where how, how does it work in terms of not financials but in terms of numbers of people coming through we here? have about a hundred a month okay. coming through okay. yeah
1: um, between the two programs um, and again it scaled tremendously we hit a, a, a sticking point probably about nine months ago um, when we were starting to hit those numbers because it, it, I, I hadn't that thought process of, right, I need this. There needs to be systems in place so that people think they're the only one coming through. Yeah. Um, we've been really good with that over the last six months. Um, Emma, who's my head coach, is incredible, particularly in my general fitness yeah. program. Um, and between the two of us, that's the idea. Every person that comes through and signs yeah. up, we want them to think they're the only one coming through. Nice. Um, and the feedback, again... I, you know every, it's each to their own and everyone but we use our testimonies our before and afters our yeah. referrals like so many referrals of people that oh who's working on your program on going through you know Brian King Fitness's yeah. program or his g Alien body program um so it's been really, really fortunate. And those numbers are just consistent. The, the, the goal, again, is to scale yep. um, as we come off with different variations, again, of it. Mm-hmm. But it's been amazing. Um, and I love it. The, it's the thing I would do for free. Yep. Like, working with there my, yeah, you know, working with the clients, the people that, I, that come through my programs, the 95%, probably 98% of people, amazing. Like, yes. love working with them. I'm literally like, you know, I would do this for free. It's one of those, I wake up on, there's mornings I wake up and go, I can't believe I get paid for this. (laughs) Like, you know, it's it's an amazing position. And the
0: the thing is, I mean, I think that that relates to, I mean, you've obviously got a very strong sports background and and, um, that's how we perceive, let's say, uh, let's say professional athletes to be like, I mean, they're they're basically, they're they're doing their hobby right, whether it be football, rugby or whatever it is and they're getting paid huge amounts of money for it. The difference there is they're coming to their end of their career at this sort of age and then having to look for something else but, what excites me so much about business and this sort of concept is if you're doing something that you love, uh, at, at our sort of age, give or take, I'm yeah. a, bit, a little bit older than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks younger. <laughs> um, but uh, at this sort of age, like we're literally just getting started because it's you know, you, th- there's no there's no time cap on yeah. this. So it's like if things are working now and you're absolutely loving what you're doing, you're you're basically designing your life. Like yeah. you, I mean, this is a prime example. You, know, you and I connected in, in Amsterdam. We start chatting about doing some crazy shit, ultra running stuff yeah. like that. You see the, a bit about the Marathon de Saab in Sahara, and you're like, cool, you sign up for it. We we chat now you're like cool I'll come to Dubai for a week yeah. I come run the <laughs> Dubai marathon we'll hang out we'll, we'll do a podcast we'll talk yeah. shit so, I mean, it's literally designing your life because you know by through the power of the internet you can just leverage that Yeah. now everybody's using their phone these days um, everything's built through that so the ability for people to scale their ideas now is absolutely unprecedented so as long as people can find that angle where they're, they're matching their passion with the technical ability, yep. um, and then also the sort of the the, uh, the business acumen to say right, well, technical ability, I know what I'm doing in, in my space, and I know how to scale it on the internet. So yep. I can I've you know I've upskilled myself and taught myself that bit, and then the business acumen to actually start building a company. Yeah. And if you can map that together, there's you know, it's, uh, the world is your oyster, and you can pretty much grow grow to there's, there's no limits on that.
1: hundred percent. And the thing is, like, there is no. New problem, or there's nothing new out there. It's been yep. done. It's just find the people that have done it and copy them. Mm-hmm. You know, there hasn't been an original idea in five thousand mm-hmm. years. Like you yeah, know, it's, it's so true. You're just picking the bits and bit, like I, I'm not the first one to do this. I won't be the last. Yep. You know, people listening to this will go and do the exact same thing, and then tenx it to even hopefully, what I'm doing. Hopefully, they do. Because you know, they wouldn't,
0: they wouldn't even be competing. The world's a big place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's it. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: it's um and that's it. And it, it, that's what I love about it. You know, we're in an age, and it's funny because. I don't really believe in that Look as a real thing even though I do believe preparation meeting opportunities, look. Yeah. But we are lucky in the age like yeah. th- this is the only th- yeah, if this had much. been 20 30 years ago yeah we wouldn't have been able do like one personal trainer. 100%. If even if even you would have had that you you'd have been more likely because I grew up in Ireland in the west of Ireland I probably grew I grew up on a farm. I'd probably been working on the farm. Yeah. You know, had I been born 30 40 years ago, yeah. I'd have been working on a farm. That's what I would have been done doing, sure. you know that's look, because that's 2018 yeah, yeah. you know and forward so yeah, I, it's I awesome
0: but you're taking like you said you're taking the opportunity look a um, couple more things before we wrap up uh, based on our conversations earlier today um, one of them was the book so yeah. just very quick bio on what the book is and um, where people can find it um, but specifically what I really liked was how did you put the book together and how did you know that it was going to fly <laughs> it's gone it's gone fucking nuts yeah. I mean like I've been watching from afar like over in Dubai checking your social oh cool nice idea like coming out with a book and it's literally gone legit very very yeah. quickly yeah. Uh, which has been awesome to see but so just just tell them what you did with the book which is quite different I think they'll enjoy it
1: yeah so what I did and this was one of the reasons that it was funny because before the book came out People ask me, they're like, how do you think it's going to do I was like, it's going to do well. Yeah. Um, and they're like, how do you know? I was like, because the way I wrote it was... I posted nearly the whole, everything that was in the book, some variation of it, version of it was on social media. And I basically took the feedback of the stuff that had the most likes, tags and shares and comments and feedback, took it back, rewrote it and put it into the book. So the book's called The Fitness Mindset. Um, It's available on Amazon, Amazon UK, Amazon US, Amazon equivalent out here, Book Depository. You can get it anywhere online, um, Irish bookstores, some of the UK bookstores. Um, And, it was down to the fact that I used social media to write it. You know, I had, the book was nearly double the size. I had loads of sections. I was telling you I had sections on. Just to give a breakdown, the book is called The Fitness Mindset, and it's broken into two sections. Fitness, which is everything that I learned over the last, you know, 17, 18 years of training. Training, nutrition, um, supplements, sleep, hydration, alcohol, all these things, everything you need to get into amazing shape. And then the mindset section is all the stuff that we don't think of Mm. that, stops us getting into amazing shape, Mm -hmm. creating the right habits, setting the right goal, having the right why, letting stress and cortisol, anxiety, worry, all these life worries that that can bother us and and upset our routine that, that we don't think of. And one of the reasons probably it was so long on the bestseller list and sold so many and done so well was... I, 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 t- I approached it from a different angle mm. you know because I took what might the feedback well, off the people
0: sounds like it wrote itself because once you put that content out there you, it's more
1: collating yep rather
0: than actually rewriting 100%. So, you already had that system so I, I, uh, yeah it, it just really it's really struck a chord when you explained that to me earlier and you're just like well it's almost like of course it was gonna do well because everyone's already engaged with that content they just yep. didn't, it was just packaged in a different way yep um, very smart yeah how it, w- many, it was it was it so far
1: uh, I haven't got the numbers, but there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's, we'll it's, leave it at that. Yeah, it's doing good. <laughs> um,
0: the other thing as well, just in—we um, spoke about the eighty-twenty rule uh, the other day. And you know, your podcast, and we were talking like a million downloads—absolutely nuts. Um, what a lot of people think about, because you know, you put out about 130 episodes now. Um, people will think that, you no, know, that's just collated over 130 and spread amongst them. Yeah. But as you were saying, it's not. No, it's very much the eighty-twenty. So, just in closing, so with a podcast, and, and this goes. Uh, Take a step back, not just podcasts. This is content in general. Yep. And it's the reason why you need to put a lot of content out in all different forms because it's one piece of content that might take you to the next level. Yep. It's, it's five pieces of your hundred that are actually getting the maximum amount of engagement that yep. are really getting a huge proportion of your numbers. So just, just take the guys through that from the from the podcast perspective, but then also the wider content because you literally do put so much stuff out. Yeah. Um, how, how does that all work? And just, just allude a little bit to the... Um, how you create that ecosystem and how you're pushing people from one to the other and the um, that sort of back channel selling that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. I think that was really, that's, that's uh, very smart.
1: So the podcast, high end of 80-20, so you know, 80% of your effort, 20% or 20% of your effort, 80% of the results. Yeah. The, how there's so many episode downloads, it's not spread out over the 130 episodes. I don't have, you know, um, 20,000 downloads in every episode. Yeah. It's the 15 episodes or 20 episodes that have a crazy number of downloads you know i did one on how to stop caring what people think about you yeah. um, i did one on my advice advice i'd offer my 18 year old self um couple of these ones that just exploded mm. and what i do on my other social media channels is because I'm so active on all of them and I put out native content on all of them, like my Snapchat's different from my Instagram stories, my Instagram stories is different from my Facebook, my Facebook's different from my podcast.
0: Content machine. It's, it's,
1: it's <laughs> trying to speak the language of, yeah. you, know, you know this, you do the I'm same thing. It's do. trying to speak the, the language of the platform. So I put, so it's, it, there's an incentive to follow me on different platforms. You want to see my workouts, you need to go to Snapchat. You know, um, you, you want a random kind of Q&A, it's going to probably be on Instagram Live. So I try and send people from one to the other. And what I do with the podcast is the the link out on, say, Instagram or Snapchat. If somebody asked me a question and I've gone into specific detail on... If somebody asked me a question on, um, you know, my boyfriend doesn't want me to get in shape he's afraid i'll leave him or whatever it is i'm like right here go check out this episode of the podcast again this random again fitness sure. but there's a, there's a lot of lifestyle stuff there because for me it's all intertwined of course you is. know it's, it's half it's, the reason why people are,
0: are getting fit I would say probably well you know more than more, more than myself but i'm sure it's it's more than half that are doing it for let's say life reasons yeah. let's put it in that bucket rather than necessarily just health reasons yeah and they're not necessarily thinking about their cholesterol when they're going to the gym yep. they're thinking about how good they look perhaps and yep. how that makes them feel and self-esteem and mindset and, and you know that, that 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 side of the equation
1: yeah and that's that's when you can leverage the other platforms because the most of them connect quite well to each other mm-hmm. um in terms of if somebody asked me a question on snapchat i've got you know i know they've expanded it now so you could go a few snaps and you know four or five back to back and let it roll but it's not the same as that 10 minute answer on a podcast question that fleshes it out sure. so what I'll do is if somebody asks me a question on you know what's the best supplement for fat loss mm. um, I'll be like all right, check out green tea extract check out l carnitine check out ca- caffeine once your nutrition is good these may support you but go check out my podcast episode on fat loss and then I'll link it out sure. um, so people can swipe up on Snapchat or swipe yeah. up on Instagram stories and it links it directly out okay. so that also gets podcast numbers up but I do that across all platforms okay so um, cross pollination across
0: yeah. all the different platforms and, and um And when we were discussing earlier, we were talking about like the sales channels through that as well. Yeah. So actually sort of pushing people to, you know, uh, through all the natively, putting that native content out and then driving people back through to, let's say, signing up for the program, selling the book. Uh, the clothes now as well, um, so sort of selling those all through the all through the d- sort of different conversations you're having there.
1: Yeah, so what I do is people that follow me, particularly I'm very, I, I love the people that follow me, I have incredible people following me because I get messages and just yeah. even when you're interacting, yeah. I'm, I'm really, really active in my audience um, and you're, I put out so much free content Mm. that I don't sell to the people that don't have money. Like, I'm literally the first one to say, if someone's like, look, I can't afford, you know, 200 euro for your program or whatever it is. I'm like, all the content is there. I was like, you can put it together yourself and you'll probably get, you spend a week doing it, you'll probably get 70% of it. You know, I'm selling to the me's because I'm like, I don't have the time. I I want the blueprint. Give me the program that I need so that I can... switch time, Paul. 100%. And that's... What the programs are for. Sure. The reason I put out so much free content is I put this in my book that it's the che- really cheesy, but I live my life philosophy on. I want the world to be better because I was here. I make decisions based out of that. Yeah, right. And it's That's providing right. service. And I get to do it both ways because providing all the free content, it's why I do so much free mm-hmm. content, is because it's helping people in a way that, you know, serving them in whatever way I can. And then the people that want to work with me or want the blueprint for mm-hmm. right. How do I build muscle and get faster for GA or how mm-hmm. do I, you know, look amazing for my holiday on the beach in twelve months. I need to get into a bikini. Yeah. How do I do it? Just tell me exactly what I need to do. I want to work with you. They're the people that come through the programs. Sure. And the content does that because you know it's the like know and trust. We we all do it. We do business and we spend our time with people we like, know and trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I do the same thing. So um, I've been fortunate. To, I get it on both sides. I'm so fortunate to make the living that I make, mm-hmm. and I'm so fortunate to get to help the amount of people that I help. You know, in a paid capacity, unpaid capacity. Um, it brings me fulfillment. I break my life into four quadrants: health, wealth, love, and fulfillment. And I literally scale them on a one to ten every month, mm-hmm. and I kind of tweak up on depending on what I need. And my fulfillment one's always up around that eight, nine, ten. Like nice. you know, um, and it's the same. I use context for when I'm answering a question. Somebody asked me something on sleep. Um, about you know 90-minute rim cycles where you're dropping into rapid eye movement sleep so that you're not waking up. One of the things I tell people is try not to wake up midway through a rim cycle because you'll wake up more groggy and then you need a hit to get going. Yeah. So try and wake up on six hours, seven and a half hours or nine hours mm-hmm. and you won't wake up as groggy. That's in the book on the rim cycle, the studies done on rim cycles. Um, and I'm like, well, here's what you do. Try and do it in six, seven and a half or nine. If you want more context on that, check out the sleep section of the book. Okay. You know, And it gives people if they want to follow up on it. So... It works really, really well in terms of helping people up front. And here, if you want more information, I want to check out the back end as well, mm. which is a program, book, or whatever it is. Um, so I'm really, really lucky in that sense that you know I get to help people and I get to make the living that I make on top of it.
0: Yeah, incredible you mm-hmm. put a good karma into the world right yeah yeah. Um, look mate thanks very much thanks for your time um, it's been awesome to have a chat and I think you've enlightened a lot of people that will be listening to this and certainly educated um, as was expected um, so where can they find you on the social channels if people want to come and check you out
1: yeah so my podcast is the Brian Keen Fitness podcast so that's on iTunes Stitcher and Spotify uh, my Instagram and Facebook and YouTube I don't spend as much time on YouTube um, is Brian Keen Fitness my Snapchat is BrianK019 because I was super late to Snapchat like whatever I was thinking I don't know what I was like I'm not going on Snapchat it's all dick pics and stuff on Snapchat <laughs> and then I was like oh my god Snapchat's amazing when I went on it not because of the dick pics because of, <laughs> of other things um, so Snapchat's BrianK019 okay. super active on there as well uh, but just put me into Google websites BrianKeyFitness.com it all, um, comes it's all, it's all comes up it
0: all comes up cool alright mate thank you very much
1: thank you very much for having me it's been
0: a pleasure sick mate that was awesome